0: So this morning's scripture reading is going to be from Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 through 18. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, your right hand, O oh Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flood stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. forever and ever this is the word of the lord
1: thanks andy um i'm going to pray for us to get started and uh, what i'm going to pray for us was was played out this morning when we were praying upstairs before the nine o'clock because that's what we do we're pastors we pray and the playground is right below us and we were talking about freedom And right when we said that, and there was this dead space in our prayer, there was a little girl on the playground, and she just yelled out, belly slide! (laughs) Like, that's freedom. That's what I'm praying for. Father, thank you for freedom. Lord, we come to you today, and we are, uh, a lot of us beat down and turned sideways and don't know which end is up, and we think we're following you, we don't know, and things are hard, and um, so Lord, I pray for every distraction to fall away so that we can hear you speak to us. Lord, we fill our minds and our hearts with all sorts of thoughts of how we can find a way to make things work, and you're just, you're quieting us and teaching us how to sing the song that you are already singing to us. Lord, you give us freedom, you've given us everything we need in Christ, and I pray that you would teach our hearts that this morning Jesus name amen okay so I have a question for you throw up that first slide does anybody know who that man is right there nobody okay uh next picture maybe this will help grandmaster cut faster grandmaster anybody (laughs) Thank you. Grandmaster Flash. One person knows who Grandmaster Flash is. Um, Grandmaster Flash is like the DJ. He is like the man who invented what we now know as like DJing and one of the founding fathers of hip-hop. And I have gone deep, deep down the rabbit hole of Grandmaster Flash's early days, the last few days, because I just keep getting sucked into different videos. Um, But when I started hearing about he, there's a video where he explained like his process and how he came to figure out all this stuff um, that he did, and now everybody does. And it was so interesting. I thought that's exactly what we're talking about. Um, it is. Thank you very much. Um, he and Moses are like this. Um, he he was talking about um, you know the turntables. And so there's two, and he says, like, as a DJ, like, you have to learn how to play with time. And he says a, a DJ is always living in two dimensions at the same time. You're living in this space over here, which is what, what people are partying to right now. But you, you also have to be living over here, what people are, are about to be partying to in the imminent future. And, um, and there's a dramatic retelling of his early days that's on Netflix, a show called The Get Down. And in that, in one of the episodes that they referenced, he says, um, he advises a a would-be DJ, says, be in the moment, but give the future your utmost attention. And he he goes on to explain it, and he's talking about, you know, what's going on and, like, where hip-hop came from, and he said he would just spend hours and days scouring record stores, like, running through, buying as many records as he could of this awful disco music, no offense to anybody who still listens to disco, but it, he was listening to this stuff for like a six-second moment that could be the moment that made him an incredible DJ. And what he was looking for is like there was always a drum break in the song. And so that's what he wanted to find was this amazing drum break. He called it the break or the get-down because he said when he watched people dance to the music that he was playing, whenever we got to that drum break, that's when people like really like turned up the heat and started dancing more. And he was like, "That's we're going to freeze that and we're going to extend that um, and so that, the break, the get down, and he said, um, when you find the magical one, um, then you have to master that record. You have to know exactly where that spot is on the record and always be aware of time, always be aware of, of what's going on. And he says, um, he advises younger DJs back in the day when he was, he was teaching everybody what he had discovered. He said, you need to find a record that you can live with for a really long time or else you're going to go crazy. And uh, that's what God is telling us in our passage. Um, Moses, this is, this is the first mention of singing in Scripture. Why? Why is that? Why were God's people not a singing people before this? Because they didn't have anything to sing about. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years, and it was really bad and really terrible. And then after 400 years, um, God frees them. He parts the Red Sea, and his people walk through on dry ground, And then when the most powerful army in the world comes to track them down and re-enslave them, um, the sea swallows them up, never to be seen or heard from again. And so, what did they do in their freedom? What did they do when they got to the other side and their enemy was gone and they were free? They sang a celebration song of freedom to the Lord who set them free. And this song of freedom was sung to a very powerful very personal, very loving God who is intimately involved in their lives. And so this song of freedom um, is very powerful and very multidimensional. We're going to look at like Moses is singing this song in past tense, present tense, future tense about the salvation. This song of salvation is Moses' one record that he is mastering. This is the one record that he is mastering that God is saying, this is, I am giving you the get down. It's right here, and you need to master this record because this song of salvation is the only song I'm playing on these turntables for all of human history. And so why, why do we care? Why, like, what is happening here? Um, that's great. We read about these people in the Middle East walking through a sea thousands of years ago. They got to the other side, they sang a song. That's wonderful. Um, how does that impact us in Nashville in 2019? Well, what's happening here is Jesus is speaking to us here, and he's saying, you don't know how to sing. You don't know how to sing songs of celebration, and I want you to know how to do that because that's what you were created for. Because too often, our, our own thought of our own salvation is like this dusty memory in the past, that's just gathering more dust. the f- The longer we live, the further that moment is in the past, and we think back, oh, that was, you know, that was a wonderful day, a day that God saved me from sin and death. Um, but man, life is hard. It's been a long time since so I've thought about that. Like that's where most of us functionally live. Like our our salvation in Christ doesn't really have too much to say to our everyday today. Um, And so Jesus is coming through this passage and he is saying, I want you to learn how to sing about this salvation that is way more potent and way more all encompassing than you have ever imagined. And so uh, when we sing about this salvation that we have across space and time, we are transformed and that's how we live in the freedom that has been purchased for us. And so first, I want to look at um, what is this song that Moses is mastering? What is the song that he's singing? Verses one through three capture this beautifully. Um, But before we get there, I just had this moment. I don't know if any of y'all had this as we were reading scripture this morning. um, Wondering, how did everybody know how to sing this song? And so the image that I got in my mind was what I do sometimes and what my kids do sometimes, which is like you're kind of watching the other person's mouth, trying to copy it, and then when you're sure of something, you land on it real hard, and it's like a half second behind, and it's like, I'll sing to you, the little Lord, freeze, tri- triumph, gloriously, say, yep, come on, keep singing, this is it. Um, I don't know how that went down, I have no idea, but it did, And and Moses is not just singing like a theoretical song. These people are not singing a song because, oh, oh, this is what you do now. We were told it's time to sing, and we're going to sing about a God who is, you know, this theologically correct song, and, and it's, it's great. This is a very personal song. Moses and these people are singing to someone. They're singing to the Lord, um, and Moses is singing about a personal knowledge of the Lord that wasn't there a few days ago, that is there now. He says, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is a warrior. This is not something that I've heard from other people. This is who he is. I know this. He, he is a Lord who uses his strength to fight for me against not just Egypt, because they're the most powerful force in the world, but he is using his strength to fight against Egypt For me, because they are the very real power that is too strong and too oppressive for me. And they have been holding me in slavery, and that's how he uses his power. He is very strong, no one can stand against him. He also says, The Lord is my song. He sets me free from my slave masters so that I can sing songs of freedom. I can celebrate. I can sing a celebration song of love to Him. That is what He has set me free to do. He has set me free to experience overwhelming joy, to experience overwhelming gratitude, to experience love, to experience being the beloved of the the God of the universe. He has become my salvation. This is my God. He says, this is my God This is my father's God, and what he's saying there is like, I may have heard about this God before from my ancestors and from our people, um, but now I know him. He's my God. He is my God. He is active in my life. He has saved me for relationship with him, to sing these songs to him. And I was trying to think about an illustration that really gets at this, and I thought about my my one-year-old who you saw a a little bit ago. He's so cute. Uh, Isn't he? um (laughs) you know in his life his crib is his slave master like it is too powerful for him he is not getting out of the crib on his own so he is hopeless against his slave master until i show up and i pull him out of the crib he can't do that for himself i have to do that but why do i pull him out of the crib i don't pull him out of the crib To set him free from one hurdle and say, like, put him down on the ground and say, okay, good luck with the steps. That's going to be a big one. I'll see you later. (laughs) Like, that's not what's happening. I set him free from his slave master to spend time with me, to enjoy me, and I enjoy him, to be in relationship. And that's what Moses is talking about here. Like, he knows a God who saves. He knows a God who is powerful so that he can free Moses to sing to him and to enjoy this. You know, when you sing, like, it's, it's this heart language. It, it moves you in ways, music moves you in ways that words by themselves don't. And so God is freeing his people to have this deep, intimate relationship with him. And so before we go any further, that's, that's a really good place for us to hang out is asking these, these twin questions. Um, one, what is the song that you sing? Like, who is the God that you sing to in your life? And I'm going to borrow from, like, Will Ferrell and Elf here. Um, Josh brought this to my attention this week. But, I mean, are you singing like, I'm singing to myself because I'm a pretty good guy, and I hope that that's enough to do the things that need to get done for me to be okay, and I'm singing to my job to give me money and I'm giving it a hundred hours a week but it's setting me free to be a slave to it and you know like I'm, I'm singing to my boyfriend or anyone that would look my way because I just desperately need attention and I don't know who I am like who are you singing to those songs are really good um and like when you do sing to God to the real God What does your song sound like when you sing to him? I'll sing to the Lord. He has saved me from my sin and death, but he's not quite powerful enough to save me from my mom and dad, and they are still in charge of me and and ruling over me. And uh, maybe one day he'll save me from other things too that keep me enslaved. And so he's okay. He's pretty good. Like, you know, And I think that's like how we sing most of the time. Like, we sing these really, like, we're not singing, like, the get-down cut from, like, hip-hop. We're singing, like, the 70s disco, like, elevator music about God. And we're singing, like, these songs of, like, a quarter salvation. Like, yeah, I don't know. He's okay. Like, I, you know, and, and, but the question that we have to ask, that God is asking us, that Jesus is asking us through this this passage is, do you know the God that Moses knows. Do you know, do you have someone to sing to and and can you sing the same things that he is singing? Um, And his song of salvation is not this pie in the sky thing. It is tethered, it is firmly fixed in a personal salvation that he has experienced, that these people have experienced in their past, in real time. Um, that's where we go, verses 4 through 12, that's the next thing, this song, um, when, you, when you really pay attention to the words, um, it becomes very clear that this is not a song that Moses wrote while he was like cozied up on his back porch, watching the sunrise under his favorite blanket, like hugging his mug of coffee, thinking about, you know, what is the best word to use here, um, No, this is a song that is like an explosion out of his heart that he cannot think or speak fast enough to get out everything that he's trying to get out. This is like this um, (laughs) Grandmaster Flash talks about the, the get down. This is the get down. This is when people get up and start getting busy because he says it like eight different ways, eight different times. It's like Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there was an army, now there's not an army, they're in the bottom of the sea. I'm talking about a Pharaoh who was the most powerful man in the world, and he was like, hey, I'm gonna do these things to you, and God was like, no, you're not, in the sea. You know what I mean? It's like, he thinks about all these different ways to say the same thing, because it means everything to him. It means everything to him. He's like, who is this? Like, you know, in verse six is just this beautiful, this summary. In his glorious power, the Lord has shattered my enemies. My enemies. The enemies that were too powerful for me, that enslaved me. He came into my little corner of the world in space and time and just absolutely obliterated my enemies. And who am I? I mean, why did he do that? I'm so little. But he thought enough of me to come and use his power in this way in my life. And verse 11 just captures this whole section. All of this is building to, who are you? Like I don't even know who you are. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a God or a person or anything like this who is so powerful and so loving and would use that in the way that you use that. Like, this is amazing. And it's it's left this everlasting impression on his life. And I think about the difference between like a theoretical knowledge of something and then a, a powerful experience. And this is weird, but the story that came to my mind was one time I was in the, uh, the zoo in D.C. and we were in the primate house and there was this giant gorilla thing. Uh, it was like this huge window from like floor to ceiling and like where I'm standing to observe it goes down and like on the other side uh the floor is lower and then it's much higher because there are these trees these that they they're all over the place and um and it was very packed the day that i got there and so i like find my way into this corner and i'm watching over here like the whole scene and it was it was great but what i didn't realize because i was like paying attention to the people and where am i going to find a spot that this exhibit was actually like an l shape and there's a whole plexiglass window on this side of me too. And there's a platform that's of the same height as where I'm standing on the other side. And so I'm just kind of cruising around and I turn for the first time. And right as I turn, a gorilla takes his hands and leaps up to the top of the platform. And now he is standing face to face with me. And my stomach, I almost fainted. I'm not kidding. Like my stomach just sank and my knees got wobbly because I was face to face as intimately as I would hope to be aware of the power of a gorilla. And it was like, literally, I had a physical reaction. It was overpowering. But like, yeah, now I know. Gorillas are powerful. I don't want to know any more about that. Like, I know enough. Um, and that's what Moses is talking about. And he is asking us, you know, for everybody, whether, whether you wandered in off the street or whether you, you have come to church your whole life every week and you, you've studied the Bible all the time, There is a big difference between a theoretical knowledge of who God is or like a mental assent to what other people say about God or what the Bible even says about God. But like God is not asking for credit for something that he didn't do. Like he is not asking you to play games and go through the motions and pretend like he is some great savior when you have never experienced the power of his salvation in your life. That's not what he's like. He doesn't need that. Um, And so that's a question to ask is, you know, this salvation for all of us is the same. It's the same source, but for every individual person, there is a moment in time where God shows up and breaks through the plexiglass of your life and says, I am real, and I am having a relationship with you. Like we are in a relationship. And so if, if that is something that you have never experienced, You know what the beautiful thing is? Ask him. Say, will you introduce me to the real you? And he will. That is a prayer that he will always answer. So Moses is singing about the past to inform the present, but a really interesting truth is, is going on here too is that his past experience of God's salvation is very intimately tied to his future experience of God's salvation. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, Moses is so confident, if you look at like verses 13 through 18, Moses is so confident of his future salvation, of getting to the promised land, that he's speaking about it in past tense. He is speaking about things that have not happened yet, as if they had already happened. That is the confidence that he has. Because what's going on here is... Um, you know, the past is what unlocks his future. Like Doc Brown says in Back to the Future, we, we have to go back to the future. Um, Genesis is the flux capacitor. Genesis 15, God tells Abraham, your people, your descendants after you are going to be enslaved for 400 years in a foreign land. And after that, I'm going to lead them to the promised land. And then in Exodus 3, God tells Moses, hey, that stuff I said to Abraham, I wasn't playing it's been 400 years. I am coming to lead you all now to the promised land, just like I said to him many years ago. And so first, Moses, I mean, we've studied this if you've been here with us. First, Moses is like, man, that sounds like a wonderful plan. I know a lot about these guys. I don't know if anything's, if it's going to go off just like that, Pharaoh's pretty powerful. He's not really big on like setting us free. Um, that's, that's great for today. We'll go with that for today. There's probably going to be a plan B. We'll see about that, where we're really not that set free. Um, and now, after watching God show up and show out in all of his power, he has just watched God destroy in a miraculous way, a supernatural way, the most powerful army in the whole world. Moses like, Let's pack the bags. We're going to the promised land. It's definitely happening because once I've seen that, I don't have to see anything else. It's done. And so like these next verses where he he lists all these random places, Philistia, Edom, Moab, these aren't random places. He is charting out the course from where they are today to how they're going to get to the promised land. And he's like, here's what's going to happen. We're going to walk right past you. You're not going to touch us. We're going to walk past you next. We're going to walk past you. You're going to be afraid. And then we're going to get to the promised land. The people that are in there bugging us are going to leave and we're going to be in there forever. And that's just how it's going to be. Like no questions. He is done questioning. Well, for now. (laughs) Till next week. Um, We'll give him a break. Um, But you know, this is is like a sure thing for him now. We are going to the promised land. Look at verse 13. If If you just are in need of some encouragement this week, camp out and meditate on verse 13. You have led, remember, he's, he's talking about the future here. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy dwelling place, aka to home, home with you, their home with you. And so what he is saying to Moses, what he is saying to us is um, you have already led us home. You are leading us home. You will lead us home. So wherever we find ourselves, he is guiding and leading and loving us home. And it is a, a sure thing. Verse 17, this song is already amazing. It gets more amazing because all of a sudden, we're not talking just about, Moses and his friends getting to the promised land. Now we're talking about something that is eternal. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place O Lord which you have made for your home. Like oh we're talking forever. Like Moses may not realize this quite yet but like what God's saying is yeah we're going to the promised land and like this trip to the promised land is not the ultimate thing that I'm talking about. This is a shadow pointing forward to like you going to the promised land, which is home with me forever. Like all of my people of all time being with me for all eternity where I'm planting them, where they can take root and flourish forever. Like that's what we're talking about. This redemption that he says, redeeming them from slavery, this is is very real and very good news for Moses and his friends, but it is also not the ultimate end. It is pointing forward to an ultimate redemption for all of God's people forever. And Galatians 4, 4-7 says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons, See, in our sin, we have rebelled against God. We have become enslaved to life apart from Him, to our sin, to a cruel master. And there is no hope. We are the baby in the crib. We are the Israelites on the banks of the Red Sea being closed in by Pharaoh's army. And God said, I will make a way where there is no way. I will send my son, who is perfect, the spotless lamb like we talked about a couple weeks ago, And he will come, and he will be swallowed in the sea of your sin, and the waves of God's full wrath will fall upon him and crush him so that you can stand on the other side and sing songs of celebration and freedom. Not so that you can be left alone and say, Hey, now you're on the other side. Go see what's out there. Good luck to you. No so that we might receive adoption as sons, to be sons and daughters of the God of the universe. He is never going to leave us. He is going to walk us and guide us and journey with us all the way home. And it says, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Daddy, Father. So you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave. You no longer have to sing these half-hearted one-fourth Salvation Disco elevator music songs about who God is that bore everyone to tears, including yourself. Like, you have been set free in Christ to sing powerful, visceral songs of celebration and salvation for all time. And it is sure, because it is tethered to the salvation of the past and the salvation of the future. So if Moses could look back at the Red Sea and say you know, I didn't know how this was going to go down. Now I'm sure of it. Let's go. How much more can we, when we've heard about this coming Savior, and now we can look back and see Jesus being crushed, buried, and being raised from the dead, like he rose from the dead. He is alive now, like death could not hold him. How can we not much more look back on that and say, yep, we're going to the promised land. Yeah, there's nothing that's going to stop us now. Like all these little things that feel like really big things, and they are really big things. But compared to that, they are nothing. These things that just torment our minds and our hearts and the suffering that we experience, I don't care what it is. We've all got plenty of it, but nothing can touch that. Nothing can stop the song of celebration that He has made us to sing. He has shattered our enemies forever. And the amazing thing is, like, this song that they're singing is not um, really their own invention. In Zephaniah, it says that the Lord sings over his people. Like, he is the one who invented singing. And so what happens when we sing in God's salvation is we're actually joining him in song and singing back to him. And it's this, this harmony that we were made for. It's the harmony of the Trinity. It's the harmony of God and his people. It's the harmony that Jesus prayed for for all of his people together. That's why it's such a beautiful and important thing when we come here and we sing. Um, As Dave Burden, one of the other pastors, said this morning, uh, too often we think about the the songs before the sermon as like the preview at the movie theater and we're just going to slide in like right after the songs and get there for the movie. Um, That's not what it is like this is so important to sing songs of salvation to ourselves and to our neighbors and to have those sung over us because it reminds us of what's true it allows us to live in this like multidimensional place of salvation that is powerful and all encompassing verse 18 it says the lord will reign forever and ever moses writing that is like saying hey and good news for everyone who's going to pick this up and sing it after we are long gone is that God does not change. He is going to reign forever and ever. So when you pick this up, you can sing it with just as much power and force as we're singing it today because that same God is outside of time and space so he will always be the Savior. He will always be the everlasting God. It'll be just as true in Nashville in 2019 as it was at the Red Sea. Been watching a lot of NBA playoffs lately. It's a good use of time. Um, and I was thinking about this, like, what are we talking about? We're talking about, like, for those of us who are in Christ, our life now is like the last two minutes of a game seven where we're up by 50. All right, let's say we're up by 100, okay? So, for you non basketball fans out there, like, no one can score 100 points in two minutes, okay? <laughs> so, it'd be like sitting on the bench or being on the court and worrying about whether or not we're going to hold on to this lead. And like, I know I'm not just talking to myself. Do we not live like that so much of our lives? It's like our life and our belief in who God says he is is like hanging on every eternal moment that's like the next step. Maybe he is who he says he is. Let's see how this job interview goes. Or let's see how this relationship goes. Or let's see what my kids do when they turn 18 and make me really proud. Um, and he's saying, what are you doing? You are forfeiting the victory that you have. Like we are going to that locker room and champagne's going to be everywhere and you're going to put on the hat all goofy and hug each other and kiss a trophy. Like that's already in the books. Like that is going to happen. And that changes everything. That gives us a freedom that is really real. Not just this freedom that sounds good that we're supposed to say, but a freedom that is really real. Our, our salvation is not something we only look back to because uh, when we do that, it kills us. Um, <laughs> our salvation, to, to bring it back full circle, to Grandmaster Flash, who is the father of string theory, space-time continuum, um, our get-down is this multi-dimensional salvation that is secure. And the Savior who has given it to us and who invites us to sing with him and to him for all eternity. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for, wow, just who are you? I mean, using your power, using your love to love us like that, to save us like that, to save us from our enemies outside, to save us from our enemies within, from sin And from shame and from fear, Lord, we are victorious in you. Um, I pray that as we meet with you, as we leave this place and just continue this conversation with you in our hearts, that you would continue to transform us into people who can sing uh, songs of celebration with even more of our hearts. Uh, And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.